Oh, sweet baby Jesus, it's another edition of the Two Drink Tim podcast, and bitches, I've gone fancy. That's right, I've gone fancy. After months and months of deliberation and seconds and seconds of work for your pleasure, I have set up a brand new website for you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to twodrinktim.com, again, twodrinktim.com, you will find every episode that we have ever recorded of the Two Drink Tim podcast, including a few special lost episodes that you'll get when you sign up for our email list. Now, let me be clear, okay? I'm not going to be spamming you to death with Viagra ads unless you want them. I'm not going to be telling you about stock tips or any of that other horse shit, okay? Every time we release a new podcast, I'll send you probably a three-lined email. Be like, hey, new edition of the podcast is up. Go get it here. Bam. So that's what you're going to get when you sign up on our mailing list. I'm not going to spam you to death. You can leave whenever the hell you want. I just know in this busy world, sometimes we all like a little nudge and a little reminder when cool and exciting shit is out. And when you sign up, we're going to throw in a few not released to the public episodes of the podcast. These are podcasts that maybe I've recorded and just never released, or they drill down on a certain topic or situation, but you get that all when you sign up for our podcast notification at 2drinktim.com. All right, commercial's over, bitches. Let's get into this week. How are you? How's it going? How's everything? You excited, right? You excited? It's, it's a good day. It's a good day to be alive. That's what they say. Right? That's why every day above ground is a blessing. Right? Unless everything you hate is above ground, then maybe not so much. Okay, we're not going to go there. Right? Um, so this week's kind of random. It's it's a it's a weird week for me. I've got uh, so much going on uh, in the business. I'm getting ready to take some trips. Uh, got some travel plans. So uh, let's just let's just get into it. Um, you are probably actually listening to this podcast while I am currently in Mexico. I know. I know. They finally caught me. Right, they finally caught me. They've extradited me back, and they're gonna, you know, they want to talk about my Mota charges from years ago or whatever. I don't know. This podcast is two minutes eleven seconds in. I'm already like, ah, it's off the rails. Let's just, uh, let's just sing a little tune here. So now every year I go down to Mexico. We uh, we take some time. We do our corporate retreat. Uh, there, we uh, we go down there, we kind of reassess how things are going or assess how things are going for the year, kind of make some plans for the next year. Um, that's what we do in the first 20 minutes. And then every time after that, like, you know, minute 21 on, uh, we basically get a chance to relax, recharge. And it's going to be a total digital detox. I think I'm going to take my uh, Kindle Fire so I can pretend to read and impress all the hot, smart, nerdy chicks that are at this, uh, this place that we're going. Um, and that's it. I just uh, I need a week to kind of refresh, let the batteries drain uh, all the way down. Now it's time to let them uh, recharge up. And if you are in any creative field, and even if you're not in a creative field, like you have to take care of yourself. Um, and you've got to make sure that you are taking the time to rest, reflect, and recharge. And, you know, I, I know that goes against the whole, you know, I'm an American. I work 60 hours a week. You know, and I got diabetes and I'm on, you know, Prozac to keep me from being depressed, Adderall to keep me focused and motivated, right? And then I take uh, Lexapro for this and I I, I get it. Like, it's against culture. But you know what? Fuck culture, right? Fuck the, the, oh, I got to just work my ass off until I drop. Like, if that's your thing, good for you. But that certainly isn't my thing. And I, I don't think it's healthy, 
right? I mean, just to run and run and run. It's like, uh, uh, I'm reading this book right now, and there was a profound la- uh, line I read last night right before I slept, where it was like, we're rushing to death's door. Like, we're just like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Oh, God, I can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for the weekend. Oh, I can't wait for the weekend. And it's like, well, why does why can you only live your life two days a week? Or why should you only be able to, to have one week of vacation? You know, like, I got my seven days off, you know, and if the boss allows me to, then uh, then I'll take some time. Like, fuck that, right? Take off time whenever you can and whenever you want, even if it's unpaid, just to take care of yourself. And that's really what this week is about. It's about doing a little business, but it's also about ref- rest, reflection, right, and recharging. Being able to let the creative juices flow. So so many times we get in certain situations where our creativity is stunted or we just kind of get on this hamster wheel thing and we look up and we're like, holy shit, like two or three years have passed and I can't believe it. Like you blink in an eye. And I had that actually happen to me uh, this week. It was really strange how this all happened. Um, but I'm going to explain it to you so that you can pretend uh, like you and I are buddy-buddy, arm-in-arm, skipping uh, through the, the tulips, right? So so here's what happened. Uh, we relaunched one of our books. We, we did a, a Kindle Countdown promotion, did amazing, uh, became a bestseller again, sold a bunch of copies of our books, and that's awesome and amazing, and I'm super excited. Um, one of the things I noticed, though, I was looking through the negative reviews because that day I had too much self-esteem, right? I was too proud of myself and I was like, I'm a masochist. Like, how can I uh, just deflate my wings and totally piss myself off in an instant? Oh, let's go see what the people that aren't doing shit with their lives think about what you're doing with yours. Um, so I was reading through this thing and uh, uh, through uh, these comments from haters, etc., etc., and I had to laugh because one lady was like, yeah, go check out this thread on this forum about this guy. And I was like, man, I'm pretty fucking important if I've got this. So I go over to the threat and I had forgotten all about it. It's been about two years uh, since I'd even been on that particular forum um, and it had been two years since I remember this thread. But basically what it was, was someone was commenting, uh, uh, initially said my, my product rocked, then other people got in there and were like, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Because I didn't like his product and I think you should change your mind. And of course, just being a weak-minded individual, that's exactly what they did. They're like, oh, I had a chance to look through it and it sucks. So you guys are right. So now I can be part of the cool crowd again because we all agree that Tim Castleman sucks. So... Uh, I just laughed because I was like, man, I totally had forgotten about that. So I decided because, you know, sometimes you got to drop a grenade or, you know, stir the shit as I like to do occasionally. So I decided to post on that thread and kind of bring it back to life. And I was like, hey, everybody here, like, man, it's been two years. It's great to uh, see you guys all again. Hopefully, you know, your track phones, you'll be able to get this information on. And um, I I was like, listen, I want an update. I want to know. Like, you guys pointed out all these great products and you didn't like my product and that's fine. You know, not everyone's going to like me. I mean, not everyone has good taste in life. I get it, right? Some people accept mediocrity and like to stay small. I can't fix and help those people, right? But um, I, I was like, listen, it's been like two years. Like, I'd like to catch up with all of you and see how you guys are all doing in your publishing journey with all these great programs. Not a single fucking one of them responded. So, of course, I left it alone, right? No, 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 no. So then I reach out to each one of them privately because uh, they have a private message system on this forum. And I reach out and I go, hey, listen, you commented on this thread. I'd love to get your feedback. I'd love to hear what you're doing now when it comes to self-publishing, etc., etc." Guess how many people wrote? Zero. 
zero. So I just had to laugh because here is a group of people that have talked down about my products and stuff and, and talked other services and products up. And you know what? I'm sure those product people are great. And if they're not, uh, that's on them. That's not on me. I can't, you know, I can only control what I can control. But it just goes to show you, like, here are people not doing shit with their life, but want to tell other people what to do with theirs. It's like, oh, don't buy that product. It's like that one product, by the way, uh, has been responsible for helping us publish 27 books. Okay, uh, it provides you know outsourcers for like formatters and cover designers. I mean, it, it really does. But I know it works because I personally use it. And it was hilarious to me that people hadn't even used the product, had already passed judgment on it, and as a result, were trying to dissuade other people from getting it. And what was the really, really funny part to me was these guys had done shit with their life or this product uh, since, right, in, in, in terms of self-publishing, right? Maybe they moved on to the next shiny object. I don't know, and I, I don't care what is going on with them as far as like if they've moved on and stuff like that but it just goes to show you like if you let people dictate how you should live your life they're going to want you to live your life like their life right that's like have you ever seen how like one person tries to improve their life maybe in like a group dynamic or a group friendship and other people start getting angry or resentful or you know my favorite thing is well of course you can do that Tim because you don't have kids and it's like yeah you're right I don't have kids because I didn't make the choice to have children and Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, I love my kids and, you know, and I'm not saying having kids are bad. Don't, don't get me wrong. I feel like, I feel like half the podcast audience is like, fuck this guy, click off, right? But it just, it's hilarious to me that people throw that up there as their excuse. Well, I have kids. It's like, well, nobody forced you, right? Unless you were like in some type of uh, pay for play, you know, thing where you become a surrogate mom or et cetera, et cetera. Like nobody forced you to have children. That was a choice you consciously decided to have children. And as a result, you have to, you know, deal with the, you know, I don't want to say the consequences, but you got to deal with having kids, right? You, you, they get sick, you know, they, um, you know, they need you, they take away your time, your energy, your focus, etc., etc., you know, but that's a choice you made. I just made different choices. I'm not saying my choices are right and your choices are wrong. I respect the fact that you want to have kids, but don't use that as a crutch. And don't always, when someone's improving their life, don't always look for the reasons why you can't do it. Look for the reasons why you can. And you know what? Nothing is going to be perfect. Nothing is going to be cookie cutter and work 100% for you. But what if you just got 50% of the results of that person. What, what happens there? Right? Well, it didn't work 100%. Yeah, you're still 50% better off than you were. And that's what kills me about people that don't do shit with their life. They want to keep you small. They want to hold you down. They want to have you, right, have the same miserable, poor, shitty existence they do. Because a lot of times they don't know any different. Like I was talking with this uh, with my counselor the other day. Um, speaking of kids, uh, she decided to have one, I guess, and take six weeks off for maternity leave. You know, that's crazy. Like, who gets maternity leave in, uh, in, in life anymore? Like, you know, I know in other countries, like civilized you know, countries, they, you know, give you weeks, months, I think, I forget what, what country it is, but they actually give you like a maternity kit where they like get you a crib and all that, but not our country. Our country literally wants you to be like, hey, what are you doing on your lunch break? Uh, I'm going to go have a, a child, but I'll be back for the one o'clock meeting. Don't worry. We'll have covers on the TPS reports the entire time. So anyway, so I was talking with my therapist the other day, and we were talking about unrealistic expectations. And I'll tell you two funny stories that kind of really drive this home for me. So the first time I went to Vegas, 
my parents and my mom lovingly was, you know, super protective and was like, hey, listen, when you go there, you want to get traveler's checks. Like you want to get American, uh, uh, whatever, you know, traveler's checks and then you can cash in there and stuff. So I go down to the bank and they pull, you know, they, they blow the dust off these traveler's checks. I have to sign for them. It's a humongous pain in the ass, but I'm just doing what I, I know to do. I don't know any different, right? So I do this, believe it or not, I do this for two or three years. One day I walk into the bank and they have a big sign that says, I'm sorry, we, we no longer issue traveler's checks. Basically, they've gone the fuck away because, you know, it's like the early 2000s and there's this thing called the internet, right? There's uh, electricity, their life is in color, it's not just in black and white. And the best part is, right, they have these things called ATM cards. So I go up, I talk to the guy and he goes, dude, where are you going? Like Zimbabwe or Mogadishu or like, you know, Somalia, like, where are you going where you need these traveler's checks? And I was like, dude, I'm going to Vegas. And he stops and he goes, what do you mean you're going? I was like, yeah, I'm going to Las Vegas. And he's like, sir, you know they have ATMs out there, right? And I was like, um, yeah. And he's like, you know you can just put your ATM card in there, hit your little PIN number. It's totally safe. Like, you know, you're good to go. And legitimately, even though I knew that, I was just following the advice that I had been given by my mom because I knew no different. So that's a perfect situation of doing what you think is best just because you don't know any different. And, you know, when people around you tell you things, you want to believe and trust in what they have to say and that they have your best interest at heart. And my mom definitely did. I just didn't know any better. Once I found a better way, now now, of course, I, I laugh at the fact that I did uh, had traveler's uh, checks. You know, another thing, I'll be honest with you, like I just was taught, and again, this is something my parents learned uh, and, and taught to me, but it's not really applicable today, that like you bought one house, you bought one car, you bought one computer, you bought one of everything, you know, but that's all you bought. Like you buy one house, you pay it off, you're done, right? You hit the lotto, you, you cash that money in, you know, on a little timeshare deal so that you can retire in the Poconos one week out of the year and have my ties delivered to you. But I just, that's what I thought. So when I bought my first house, I paid it off because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. And the fact and reality is things change and life has changed. People are now more, you know, they're, they're moving more than ever. They're changing careers more than ever. They change jobs more than ever. And it's funny to me because I still hold on to those old ideals a lot of just like, hey, you know, you buy one. Like, why the fuck does my car have to break down? It's only got 80000 miles on it you know this thing's supposed to last me another 85 years and then you stop and go well that's not fucking realistic but in my parents day that's what you did right you bought one vehicle for $25 you know you sold the horses and the carriage um, for, for those of you kids like that's how they used to travel before you know transit lines and uber um people actually had to get on fucking horses and drive around right which is approximately like my grandparents day probably um so it's just People go with what they know and, and they go with what they're surrounded. That's why you hear all these self-help motivational guru types being like, you are who you surround yourself with. And you know what? I used to think that was kind of bullshit, but I'm absolutely 100% positive. That's just fucking true. Right? If you survive, surround yourself with losers, that's who ultimately you're going to become. And even if you don't become that person, even if you're not like them, here's the deal. Right? Not, it's not so much that you'll become like them. It's what are you cutting yourself off to? Okay? I've got a buddy. He's got a friend. Right? That sounds like a country song. I got a buddy. He's got a friend. Right? This guy is a dumpster fire. Okay, in and out of jail his entire life, right? Multiple marriages, which, hey, I've been remarried, no, you know, kids with several different babies, mamas, as they're calling it in the streets. 
And I can put up with all that. You know, guy who likes to get good and, you know, a good and mean, drunk on whiskey. And, and just not a not a bad guy, but just not a great guy. And truthfully, not a guy that I want to be around. Um, ultimately, because what this guy likes to do, and he brags about it, which is kind of sad and hilarious, um, is he likes to go and, like, put his nose in other people's relationships, break them up in some form or fashion, and then brag about it. Uh, on social media, which, you know, to me, that's a that's a big red alert, right? It's like, hey, listen, man, you know, like, I'm perfectly fine. Just don't get me around dogs because I hate dogs. And, uh, you know, I just, like, randomly stab them or whatever. Like, that's a person that you're just like, yeah, I don't think I really want to be there. Although that analogy fucking sucked. Like I said, that was like, dogs, how the fuck did that fit in? Listen to me. All I'm saying is, right, if that's what this guy likes to do for fun, sport, and hobby, I don't need him fucking up my life for his benefit, right? For his amusement or enjoyment. I don't need him to be like, oh man, my life's a dumpster fire. Your life should be too. So I have consciously decided and I've told my friend like, hey, when dumpster fire boy is over, like you guys have a great time. You tell me how the other half's living, but I, I don't want anything to do with that. And honestly, I struggle with that because it's like, how do you, how do you maintain I don't want to say humility, but being humble and being open to new opportunities and experiences, but also shielding and insulating yourself away from situations where you're just not okay with that. And that's something I'm not okay with. So the whole point of that fucking story is my buddy is still buddies with his buddy. You follow me, right? You got this diagram. It's like a Game of Thrones fucking thing where you got to sit down and be like, okay, Sansa Stark is related to who? What I have told my friend is, hey, listen, you know, if you want to be friends with that guy, that's fine. But... That guy may not be hurting your relationship now, you know, since he likes doing it. He'll, he may do it later. Um, but what are you being cut off from because you're friends with him? Because if I'm staying away from you because of that guy, I'm not the only one. See, I have this little problem where I just can't keep my fucking mouth shut sometimes. And I just have to tell my friends the things that only other people are thinking and, and not telling them. But it's true. So it's not just like you know, what it costs you immediately with that friend. It's like what you know, what other opportunities don't open up because of that. And listen, I'm not coming from some Buddhist temple on high, okay? I have zero doubt that the way that I acted the first few years in this business will cost me tremendously in terms of joint venture partnership, but really where it really caught me and the thing I've been thinking a lot about lately is perception versus reality, right? Perception versus reality. And that's a huge fucking thing. I didn't think it was a big deal, but here's the deal. It's not what reality is, okay? It's what people perceive to be reality. And it doesn't matter business, life, personal, etc. It, it, that, that's just the fucking truth. And for me... Right, the perception was Tim Castleman was this loud, uh, abrasive, obnoxious guy who would say anything, do anything, take over a stage, command his presence, force people to listen, real abrupt, real in your face, real no BS, tell it like it is. Okay, that was the perception. Now, here's the truth of the matter, right? Tim Castleman, you know, back in 2008 was a bitter, angry fucking dude. I had just, you know, got divorced, or I, at that time I think I was separated from my ex-wife, who, although she won't confirm it, right, 99%, 100% sure that, that she was fucking around on me with other dudes, right? So I was angry about that. I was working at a job that I fucking hated. 
I was the nicest guy I thought possible. I couldn't get a girl to pay attention to me if I had a $20 bill, like, swinging from me, which, you know, that speaks to the quality of girls I was going, uh, going after, apparently, at that time. But, you know, I was a bitter, angry guy. On top of that, every day, I would listen to Dan Kennedy on the way to and fro work. But this is like early Dan Kennedy. If you get like his latest and greatest shit, um, you know, probably within the last 10 years, like Dan is really mellowed and softened a little, kind of like me. Um, But like early Dan Kennedy was like bitter, fuck the customer, fuck everybody, you know, do anything you can, fuck them, make as much money as possible, etc., etc. And that was my mentor. That was the guy I listened to because he sounded so smart and brilliant and I didn't know any different. So I emulated him a lot because, I, you know, it was a click world response. It was like, oh, uh, this response, what would Dan Kennedy do, right? I had my little what would Dan Kennedy do bracelet and everything. But, again, I didn't know any better. This is who brought me to the dance. And when I did it, I was extremely successful. Oh, on top of I'm trying to launch a business. And here I am within, within three months of saying, hey, I want to do this internet marketing. I'm on stage. Right, with the best and brightest internet marketing minds at the time, and I'm dropping knowledge, and people love it, and people are really responding to the Tim Castleman quote-unquote character, which it wasn't a character, it's, it's who I was. I drank on stage, I cussed, right? I still uh, cuss on stage and stuff like that, but the other thing that, that really um, I, I'm still working on, but I had a lot of back then that I just didn't, again, I didn't know any different, was like very self-deprecating style of humor. And, you know, as I've kind of been working through my issues and talking about my childhood, you know, and all that airy-fairy bullshit, right? The the thing is, when I was a kid, it was like, you're going to make fun of me because I'm the shortest, smallest, tiniest kid. Yes, Tim Kessman at one time was skinny and small, right? Still small, not so skinny. Um, you were going to make fun of me or I thought you were going to make fun of me. So I'll just make fun of myself first. That way, one, I get to control the insults. Two, you think I'm a funny fucking guy. And three, maybe through some weird fucked up way of me insulting myself continuously and belittling myself, two things are going to happen. One, you're not going to take me fucking serious, right? Because this guy's a fucking clown and a joker. And two, right, maybe you'll be my friend. Because, oh, this guy's fun to hang around with, and he always makes me laugh. And sure, it's all about him and jokes about him, but, you know, he's a funny guy, and we like him, and he's a funny guy. And I get that a ton, right? I love hearing from you guys, by the way, on the podcast. And you guys go, oh, yeah, I laughed and, and, and about this part, you know. But I would always go back to him. i go, well, what did you learn from me? And they would say, like, well, no, you're a funny guy. Like, I learned that stuff, but I enjoyed your humor. And that used to really fucking bother me. I used to be like, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm a smart guy. I'm, I'm a legitimate business guy. You know, I built this business. I started with $250 cash. It's a multiple six-figure-a-year business. It's debt-free, you know. I have a ton of money uh, invested in the company. You know, I have paid off assets. I've got all this stuff. Why the fuck isn't anyone paying attention to me? And it's because of how I acted about myself, right? And if someone's not... Um, if you're not going to take yourself serious, why is somebody else going to take you serious? Because the perception is you're a jokester and you're this and you're that and you know, you're know you a loose cannon, if you will, and you're angry and bitter. And you know what? That was the perception. And I did not see that at the time, but that was probably more reality than I remember it to be. 
But the reality in my mind was Tim Castleman is this hurting fucking dude who is just angry at the world and going to take out his frustrations at the world. And as a result of that, right, but what what Tim Castleman really was was a guy who was incredibly empathetic, incredibly supportive, right, incredibly loving, incredibly caring, and loyal to a fucking fault, you know, and, and – I had a lot of misconceptions about how this business was. Like, I thought if you were in a mastermind, like that wasn't like, you know, you were blood brothers and we were going to fucking cut our wrist and, you know, do the blood oath together. That's not really true, right? I didn't understand then, like I do now, that people are really, especially in business relationships, people are only with you because what they can get from you. Now, you can have some friendships, okay, but that's a bonus, that's not a guarantee. And I always thought it was a guarantee. So, you know, when my friends would attack my friends, I would just be, I would be the one. I would be the quote unquote enforcer, which is hilarious because five foot six, Tim on skates, not a pretty sight, trust me. But like, I would feel like I had to defend them. But when people would attack me, I wouldn't get that same response back. And that really threw me for a fucking loop. And I've been in two mastermind groups, okay? And while I would consider um, a few of the guys in there, some of my closest friends, a majority of the mastermind people that I once mastermind with, I don't talk to at all. They don't call me. They don't check up on me. They don't give a fuck, right? And vice versa. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, it's not like I'm calling them every day and like, hey, man, just, uh, just wanted to hear your voicemail. I miss the, I miss the sound of your voice. Why, why didn't we work? And why, you know, like, fuck, man. It's just, but all that shit just, you know, if you don't know, if you don't know about it, then, it, it, you know, it's just, it is. You don't know any different, so you think this is kind of how it is. So perception versus reality is something I've been thinking a lot about, kind of going back to the main point on this ADD podcast. Maybe I should just like the two ADD podcasts by Tim Castleman. Fuck, I already have two drink Tim Register. Damn it. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, it's perception versus reality. Like when my business partnership, uh, you know, set, we separated and we did that, I, I kind of went in this cocoon. I started working on myself and that's kind of when this whole therapy stuff started. And, you know, because of a lot of that stuff and, and taking the scab off the Band-Aid or excuse me, the Band-Aid off the scab and, and trying to heal those wounds, you know, I got I got pretty down and depressed. I, you know, on top of that, I went in, inward, right? I, I kind of shut myself off in the world. I stopped going to events. I found this little thing called marijuana, which is an amazing healing agent. Uh, and really what it was for me was a masking agent. And it was like, oh, I'll just smoke this every night, you know, for, for years on end to just numb the pain. And, you know, uh, again, guys, like sometimes this is a funny podcast. Sometimes this is a therapy for me. I'm, I'm just sharing my journey with you. Um, so that maybe you can be like, hey, I'm not alone, because I thought I was, right? We all think we're alone and we're going through it. And the truth was, we weren't. But then the perception became, well, like Tim's kind of a loner and this crazy pothead and, and this. So it's all about perception over reality. Again, when the business partnership imploded, my partner has gone on, uh, ex-business partner has gone on to do big things. But one of the things I'm not going to lie, I had to laugh about was that he was hosting uh, um, a seminar, right? And I don't know how to say the seminar without giving it away. Let's just, I'm not going to give the name of the seminar away. Let's just say it had to do with uh, sustainability of your business. Let's just, let's just call it that, right? And the funny part about that was, right, here I am. I'm 33 at the time, I think, 34, maybe, yeah, 33 years old. I have one house paid off, completely done. 
That thing's an income-producing machine now, right? I, I've, I've just moved into a second house that we've had built. I've had a cash-based business since day one. I've never lost money except for the year that we were partners, uh, you know, but I've always had a six-figure business uh, after the first year, right? High profit margins, low debt, uh, a debt-free at the time, et cetera, et cetera, right? But here this guy was, was going on about the sustainability of businesses where, like, you know, no money, no house, couldn't afford to get a home, tried, rejected a few times, you know, but yet this guy is talking about sustainability of business. And, you know, uh, my friends are like, well, the true people know. No, the true people don't know, right? They don't care. They just believe what the perception is. That's why, especially in internet marketing, it's so tough to know who's fucking true and who's fucking fake because anybody with their with their smartphone can you know go to mexico for a week and fucking snap all these photos they can go rent the g4 for an hour you know or break into the airport you know put their foot on the thing and you know they can they can do all that and people want to believe all right people want to believe they don't want to know the reality behind it they just want to believe what they want to believe and they want their perceptions to match what they believe reality to be and that's a tough thing to understand and it's a tough thing for me to understand and that got me thinking to the bigger picture which is what is people's perception of me in fact i may even send this email out to my list and just ask them like hey what's your perception of me you know and i get uh, i've done it in the past and a lot of it's like you're a straight talker you know bs you don't put up with bullshit and some of those things are attractive things and attractive qualities that i want to be known for the problem can be when you get the when people have a perception of you that you don't want to be known for. So I mentioned the pot thing, right? That's a that's a. Um, I, in fact, I do a whole podcast devoted to pot and why I do it and why I got into it and et cetera, et cetera. It should be pretty fascinating. I'm kind of working through that uh, in my head now, but. Uh, you know, when I first got started, I mentioned I drank on stage. Well, then it kind of became like, well, Tim Castleman's a drinker. Like, that guy likes to drink and party and have a good time. And any guy who drinks from stage is, is this and that. And again, you know, that was my self-defense thing where I was comfortable with it. I thought it made me stand out. But really, if I'm honest with myself and, and more importantly, honest with you, it was it was really a way for me to be like, don't take me serious, Right. Which I know sounds crazy. It's like, well, why wouldn't you? It's like I wanted to be taken serious, but everything I was doing, looks, attitude, um, appearance, um, you know, stage presence, self-deprecation humor, all of those things affected people's perception of me, but I didn't realize that, right? I was just like, well, why don't people take me serious? It's like, well, let me, let me get this straight. You go up there. You're dressed like a fucking clown. Really, I'm not. But, you know, um, you get up there. You swear like a sailor, right? You drink like a sailor. Um, you talk about this and that. You're blunt. You're in people's face. Like, how could you not see that? And I, I'm telling you, as someone that's kind of come through the other side, and, and, you know, I'll probably be doing this where I am now, three years from now, but, like, I had no clue. But I literally had no clue. I just thought I was being funny and, you know, kind of standing out and really what I was telling people subconsciously was don't pay attention to this guy this guy's a joker oh he's a fun guy to party with but we're not going to do business with him right we're not going to do this we're not going to do that and and that took a lot uh to understand and, and you know it's it's a much bigger issue than you know I could I could do a five 
hour-long podcast, you know, on this. But, you know, it also has to relate to who you are um, and what's important to you. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts about your filter. And a lot of people have money filters, right? And a lot of people that I considered my friends really weren't my friends. They were just with uh, this group because of the money. And to them, that's perfectly normal. Like, why wouldn't you want to have strategic alliances and work with people you like and make money in the process? What I don't like about the money aspect of that is they'll work with anybody, right? They'll work with anybody because of the money. I don't want to say anybody, but they'll work with a large majority. Like all my joint venture partners, when this was going on with me and my ex-partner, like I went to them and I was like, guys, like I have some real concerns here. Like, you know, there's some income claims being made, which I know are bullshit because I have the joint taxes, right, from our business. So I know that's not true. And here is this person, per, you know, Putting out the perception, I don't want to say pretend, but putting out the perception of this when this is reality. And, and I would share that with them, and they would be like, yeah, well, that's not that's not what he's doing now. Like, you know, it's, yeah, it's terrible that that happened in the past, but re the reality that he stated, the fake it, yeah, he faked it until he made it, and then that's okay, right? So... I don't know, man. It's 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 a weird, weird fucking game and racket. Um, I mean, it just it is. That's just the bottom line. Um, so I, I don't even know uh, on the Off the Rails podcast here kind of what the point is of me sharing that just to kind of share it and kind of, of talk about perception versus reality and how people can have that perception of you. For instance, I go to my bank, right? And, you know, I've got cargo shorts on and a V-neck because, you know, with affliction on the front and tap out on the back. And I've got my Jersey Shore tan and hair. I'm kidding, right? But think about that. You probably put a visual. You're like, oh, here's a short, fat guy. He's got cargo shorts on. He's got an affliction teeth. Like, this guy's a douche. That's your perception. It's not the reality. So I go in, relax, casual wear to my bank, and I get treated totally different than if I went in there suited and booted, as Kevin Hart would say, right? Um, in fact, today I get to call them and go, listen, these overseas checks that I keep cashing from Amazon, because apparently they don't know what direct deposit is in other worlds, like you guys keep charging me fees, and I need you to cancel that. And I guarantee you there are going to be blowbacks. And then I'm going to look at them, and I'm going to go, do me a favor. Go look at my bank account and give me a total of the amount, which will be multiple multiple six figures and then I'm just going to be like if you want all that money to stay in your bank then I'm going to need you to cancel this fee if you don't then, then just go ahead and cut me a check and I'll take it over to the other bank that's not going to do that but the perception is oh here comes another customer you know bitching about this and that the reality is motherfucker I got a successful business and money and I'm going to take it to where it's appreciated and where the bank's going to work for me not against me Right? I'm not paying a $15 fee on an overseas check when someone else doesn't charge me anything. Like You, you can charge someone else that, but you certainly aren't going to charge me that. And if you, ref, if you refuse to budge, then you know what? That's perfectly fine. But I'm going to take my business somewhere else. So spend some time. You know, Again, this is kind of head work, which is boring. And, you know, but but I, I'll just tell you, like making the money part is easy. Okay, it, it, I, and I know people are like, oh, it's bullshit. Like, I know, I get it, right? When I first started and someone was like, you can make 100 grand a year, I was like, you're fucking lying. You're full of shit, right? Poor Kyle Tully. Uh, when, I, when I meet that guy, I'm going to give him a huge hug and I'm going to buy his drinks all weekend. Um, but, like, I didn't believe it. Then I got into it and I saw it and I was like, holy shit, you can make this happen, 
right? Now, going from 6 to 7, that's what we're working on right now, if that's what we really want to work on. And, you know, that that's a whole other podcast. But now it's like, now you got to work on the head game, and now you got, I got to get my game right head-wise, and I got to understand the playing field that I, I clearly made a presumption, okay, of what I thought it was. And then now that I see the reality, now I got to go back and say, okay, well, that's the reality. One, are you okay with that? And, and if you're not, what to what degree are you okay with? You know, I don't just do webinars or I just don't release products or I just don't work with people because of the money. Yes, it's important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm just a bleeding heart liberal and I just want to survive on acorns and love and marijuana. Right? That's not me. Right? Uh, I want to camp at the at the Four Seasons with room service. Right? With the fattest J's possible. That's all I'm saying. But to do that, it takes money. So money isn't important, but money is not my primary driver, okay? Respect is the primary driver to me, right? Respect is a huge deal to me. Not only respect, but also like a mutual beneficial relationship. Is this someone that's going to support me? And if they are, then I'm more inclined to work with them than someone that's not. Not saying I won't ever not work with someone that's not inclined to support me. And that took me the longest time to understand, you know, um, well, a guy that I, was my mentor at the very beginning, like, you know, we had several knockdown, drag out public arguments about this. And at the time, I didn't get it. I do now, right? I get it now. Like, that guy has a money filter. So he just wants to work with the money people. And, you know, when you're trying to hit $100,000 a month, you cannot, okay? When you're trying to hit $100,000 a month, you cannot, um, mail $7 offers. I didn't understand that. I was like, dude, we're in a mastermind. We're blood brothers, right? We're Eskimo twins. We're, you know, we killed that hooker in Tijuana together. What do you mean you can't do this with me? Um, but again, he had a money filter and it's like, hey, I got $100,000 I got to hit and I got a staff and a partner and I can't mail these little offers. It's got to be minimal. I didn't understand that. So I took it personally. It wasn't personal. He just was telling me Hey, this doesn't financially, it does not work. It doesn't mean he was rejecting me as a person or, you know, insulting me, but that's just how I took it because of, because of my shit that I'm working on and dealing with. So that's, that's what I'm working on. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have a way to kind of tie this all up like a sitcom in 22 minutes and tell you, here's what you do. I will tell you that I am working hard on the perception side of things. Um, one thing uh, I'll tell you straight up, like if, and I'm, I'm just being real, like if you're fat, people don't perceive you the same way that you do skinny. Because I've been fat and skinny, and I, I've said the same fucking thing uh, in both body sizes. And when you're skinny, people look at that because the perception is, if uh, I would believe the perception to be that if you're fat, life must be out of control. You can't control this. It doesn't, you know. I'm not getting in. We're not getting into fucking Oprah here. I'm just saying again, perception versus reality, right? That's one thing. If you dress like, you know, you fucking just rolled out of bed or you just got off shift at a, a you know, nine to five, all you can, um, you know, all you can uh, eat, Mart or whatever, fucking 7-Eleven, Tim, just say it. Yeah, if you fucking work at a convenience store and you look like you work at a convenience store, that's fine. But if you're trying to become this mega successful person and you look like, uh, you know, you just rolled out of the five and down, like that, that doesn't help, right? Your attitude, your appearance, your word, all that shit it impacts you. Now, I'm not saying you have to change to be somebody else. I'm never going to stop cussing, right? In fact, um, I did this interview with, uh, with the O's, which hopefully you listen to. If not, you need to go check it out because uh, it's a fascinating look inside the music business. But 
I remember we got done with the thing and they were like uh they were like, Man, you cussed a lot at the beginning of the thing, which is hilarious when two when when two rock stars are like, uh, you cuss a lot like it's like Tommy Lee uh Jones being like, Dude, you you got a huge dick. It's like, man, if that's coming from that guy, that's impressive. But I, I it's it's part of me. I didn't notice it, it's not intentional, it just it, it's who I was. Um but that will hurt you. And that's okay. I'm not saying you have to be all pe- all things to all people. I'm definitely not saying that. I'm just saying you have to understand what is people's perception of you? Are you okay with that perception? If not, what can you do to change it so that your reality becomes their reality? And some people won't, right? I, I, I'll finish with this. So that whole thread that I started on the Warrior Forum, you know, I kind of uh, kicked it up and, and talked shit again and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I went there to be vindicated and, you know, rub their nose and be like, I'm right and you're wrong. And the bottom line is they don't give a shit, right? They don't care. They don't care that you're successful and they're not. They're just going to justify themselves staying small. They're, they certainly don't want to have that hard look in the mirror like you do and be like, uh, listen, I want to kind of improve my life. They're happy, right? They're happy buying their little products and getting their little uh, crack fixes every day. They don't want to build a business. A lot of people don't want to do this. And instead of trying to be like, this is for everyone and anyone can do it, it's like the reality is no, you fucking can't, right? You cannot do this. Everyone cannot do this business. It's not that hard or difficult if you're willing to invest the time and like anything in life, you know, put the time in to get the effort. But a lot of people don't want to do that. They want to hit the button, you know, push the monkey, uh, get the piece of cheese, have the money roll in. And that's fine. And that's why those people get the results they do. And that's why I get the results that I do. Not saying any one way is better. Or worse, I'm just saying what reality is versus the perception. The perception is this is not a business. You're screwing around. And that's why people, that's why they don't, they don't have a problem opening PayPal disputes or doing chargebacks. They just think it's fun and games, right? We're just playing with fake money on imaginary internet land when in reality you're like, I'm running a fucking business and you're damaging or impacting my ability to earn. They don't care because to them it's all fun and games. So, with that, this has been another edition of the Two Drink Tim podcast. Do me a favor. Go check out our old podcast at twodrinktim.com. Okay, I'm not going to hammer you every week with 15 minutes of advertising. All right, just go there. If you want to sign up for the list, do it. If you don't, that's perfectly fine. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to force you there. I just kind of wanted to put a centralized location. Everybody can check it out. Of course, on iTunes and uh, whatever Android apps that you guys use, throw me a, a solid, you know, leave a review. If you like the podcast, right? That way I can get some fake internet points and make myself feel better. Uh, for imaginary fake uh, internet points day. And with that, um, I'm having a drink right now in your honor in Mexico. I can guarantee you. Um, The second and third ones, those are for me. But the first one, that's going to be for you. So until I get back uh, and until next time, I'll see you real soon.